Thanks for listening to the Vintage Church Podcast. To stay connected with what's happening at Vintage, download the Vintage Church app to access sermon notes, events, devotionals, previous podcasts, and discover ways to get connected in community. We hope you join us again soon. All right. Good morning, church. How's everybody? Good? Yeah? Yeah? Happy Mother's Day, moms. Um, I just want to re- reiterate something that Jasmine mentioned earlier. Um, uh, if, if God is putting on your heart to serve in our kids' ministry, man, we need you. Uh, serving in kids' ministry is a hard thing. Um, and there's some people that do it week in and week out. And um, your kids are not as angelic as you think they are. Um, but one of the big things for this burden to me is a lot of our leaders back there, because they're having to fill holes, they never get to sit in this room. Um, and I could, I could go through their names. They're serving all three services, and they, they need to sit in here just like you need to sit in here, and they can't do that until some people kind of answer that call. And so would you just pray about that, if God would put it on your heart to, to step into that ministry? You are not going back there to provide a daycare service. You're going to shape the faith foundation of the next generation. So own that so much. Um, it is Mother's Day, and sometimes we get questions around here like, Matt, like you, you don't... You, you don't ever, like, preach necessarily, like, holiday kind of sermons. And what I'm about to preach, it, it ain't going to be a Mother's Day sermon. Um, and the reason why is because we kind of, we, we let the Holy Spirit, not Hallmark, dictate what we're going to preach. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, let's dive in. Go to Acts chapter 17. Let me set the stage for you. Acts chapter 17. Uh, we've been talking, we finished a series a few weeks ago called Unveiled, where we walk through how God redeemed the world through Jesus Christ. But we've been reminded over the last several weeks that when Jesus left this earth, what he came to do didn't end then. Amen? Amen. Okay. Um, so what happens next is you move through the Gospels, the story of Jesus' life, and you go into the book of Acts. What's happening is the people that met Jesus first, saw Jesus first, they start fulfilling their purpose, which is to point people to other, other people to Jesus. And that's our purpose as well. Our, our purpose is to point people to Jesus. And as you go into the book of Acts, you see kind of how that begins to unfold. As who these people who found Jesus are now helping people find Jesus. And the movement that Jesus began is snowballing and rolling on through. And one of the craziest things that happened is the very person determined to stop what Jesus started finds faith in Jesus. His name's Paul. Paul is one of those guys who was determined to stop this faith from moving forward until he encounters Jesus. Because when you're walking down the road and Jesus shows up right in front of you, it changes things. And that's what happened with Paul. And he goes around and begins to plant churches and tell people about Jesus. And we get a glimpse into how he does this in the book of Acts. And I want to draw your attention especially to what happens in Acts chapter 17. We're going to pick up with verse 16. You ready for the word of God? Say amen. If you're ready and excited, say amen better. Okay, thank you. Acts chapter 17, pick up with verse 16. It says, while Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was greatly distressed to see that the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue with both Jews and God-fearing Greeks, as well as in the marketplace day by day with those who happened to be there. A group of Epicurean and Stoic philosophers uh, began to debate with him. Some of them asked, what is this babbler trying to say? Others remarked, it seems he is advocating foreign gods. They said this because Paul was preaching the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. Then they took him and brought him to a meeting of the Areopagus, where they said to him, May we know what this new teaching is that you're presenting. Verse 20. You're bringing some strange ideas to our ears, Paul. 
and we would like to know what they mean. So Paul then stood up in the meeting of the Areopagus and said, People of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with an inscription to an unknown God. So you are ignorant of the very thing that you worship. And this is what I'm going to proclaim to you. Verse 24, the God, the God, who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. He is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he marked out their appointed times and history and boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. So Paul finds himself in this city, and as he walks around, he discovers that, hey, you guys are very religious. And remember, we've already kind of defined what religion is. Religion is our attempt to get to God. Jesus is what God did in attempt to get to us. And he says, I've, I've, I've seen these idols that you've created. Like, all throughout this city, they, there was idols to everything, to all these different gods, because they knew that there was something in them that longer, longed for something bigger than them. And so in an attempt to figure out this missing piece in their own spirit, they began to develop all kinds of gods. And it drew them to all these different idols. And, and typically what would happen, anything that they couldn't explain, they would ascribe to a god. But not one god, like they would just create gods. If we can't, the sun comes up, must be a sun god. Rain comes down, must be a rain god. Women get pregnant, must be a pregnancy god. Like everything just had a god. And Paul is walking through Athens. He's seeing like, this is, I'm in a place where people are longing for something. And they're creating these religious systems in order to get to them. And I know one of the biggest issues we have is religion, but would I, could I maybe submit to you that there are a lot of people that are part of a religion and don't know it? Because it's not a religion that looks like a church or a building, but it's, it's, it's some type of religion in order to fill the God hole in their lives. Perhaps even the people that bash religion the most might be the most religious. We're just getting started. Because Paul recognizes something that, like I've, I've said before, like, and, and we're going to get to this a little bit later, like there's something in us that longs for God. There's something in us that longs for something bigger than ourselves. And, and, and when, we, when we go through this life and we, we, we do all the stuff and still find that something missing, we have to create something to, to kind of fill that gap or to make sense of that missing. And the reality is the God question is the most important question any human will ever answer. The God question is the most important question any human will ever attempt to answer. Does God exist? That is the most important question you will ever answer in your entire life. It's does God exist? And many say no. For many, the answer to that question is no, God does not exist. 
maybe even some people sitting in this room. And it's interesting that I read a lot of studies recently that talk about the rise of atheism, but really atheism is, is not on the rise in, in, uh, globally. Um, there, there, there is a rise in people who want to disassociate themselves with organized religion, but can I say something? Thank you, I'm going to. Um, I agree. Religion frustrates me as well. But what, can I just be honest about what I've discovered? Is often when people of faith say something that other people don't like, the easiest thing for those people to do is to label it as religion and walk away from it. There's about four people that got what I just said. That oftentimes, like when, when people use religion as an excuse to run, to avoid the church, or to deny the existence of God, it's because sometimes people of faith say something that people don't like, and the easiest way to dismiss it is slap religion on, on, as a label and walk away from it. Not to wrestle with, is it true or is it not true? As you said, it, I don't like it. It kind of goes against what I'm comfortable with. And so you're not a person of faith. You're one of them religious crazy people. And so I'm going to walk away from it. Because that's just easier than wrestling with, could this be true? But if God doesn't exist, then nothing matters. And there's some really vocal atheists these days that are, that are writing and getting the ear of a lot of people in culture. And I've read a lot of them. And people like Sam uh, Harris and Richard Dawkins and Bill Maher and that are, that are denying the existence of God. And, and if that's true, if God, if God doesn't exist, then the, the other things that we wrestle with, like how we got here and all that kind of stuff, it has to all come down to science. And that's where many people land, that God does not exist, that we're, we're all product of some scientific event that created our existence. And if that's so, and if that's the alignment of belief, then you can do whatever you want. Because if there is no God and all this is just kind of random and as a result of, of biology and chemistry, then it changes everything. If at its core evolution is true, then we're all just evolving and our basic natural instincts are survival. And so whenever even we do something wrong or right, then really we don't have any control over it anyway because it's just the natural biology and chemistry of our body responding to things that we can't even control our response. So there really is no good or evil because anything that we consider evil we had no really control over anyway because that decision to do that evil was all out of a natural basic instinct that we cannot deny you staying with me say amen and Paul would write in Romans that the reality of creation is the first sign of who God is and what he's trying to do and his first draw unto you look what he said in Romans chapter 1 Pick up with verse 18. It says, The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Verse 19. Since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power, and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. Like what Paul is submitting is the reality is like just, just take a look at creation and what you can see is God. 
And, and although all the, the nuances of science haven't always been exist, and yes, we've understood those things and all that kind of stuff a lot better as we've moved throughout time, that the reality is from, from the beginning, like creation has been pointing to God. Not pointing to our ability to understand all that he is and all that he wants. and all that. Like You can't find all the answers in creation, but put creation, Paul is submitting it like it, it's all from the beginning of time been pointing us to God. And the reality is God and science aren't enemies of one another. Because um, just like everything else, God created science. And again, unfortunately, math too. I don't know why he did that. And the reality is any, any scientific theory that we try to lean into to explain the existence of the world eventually hits a roadblock. And even these atheists that, that I've just mentioned, I've read a lot of their writings, and, and they point to different scientific theories for the way that creation come, come about, but they all admit they all hit a wall eventually. In other words, they get to a point where the science runs out. Because when the science runs, out, run, science runs out, there God begins. And it just runs against the grain of their entire theory and worldview. And when you have to wrestle with that, it changes everything. I mean, the other day my son came home. He said, I talked to a kid at school today that doesn't believe in God. He believes we all came from amoebas. And I said, just go ask him where the amoeba came from. Or is it Big Bang? What caused the bang? A TV show on CBS? I don't know. And I'm not dismissing those theories or anything like that, but there's, when you walk it back, and even some of the theories that we study and we look at how humanity, and even when people start debating like the age of the earth and all these different kind of things, so much of that is in order to fit the theory that they have instead of aligning with real science. Like it... It's hard. If you don't believe that God exists, like I get it. Like I, and, 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 and what I discover is, is most of the time, like our rejection of God is, is much to do with our rejection of the people that have been associated with him than God himself. Amen. And that, and I get that too. Because I've been around a lot of Christians that I don't want anything to do with their God either. But that question is important. And again, if you answer it no, then, then like really none of the rest of the stuff I'm going to say really matters. Because if, if you don't believe that God exists, if you deny him then, and, and you become your own God, then you make the rules and you, you set the parameters and you get to do whatever you want. But you understand like when, when you hit that place, then, then really like you, you're robbing yourself of some really, really important things. Because if, if God doesn't exist, then again, neither does good, neither does evil. Because who, de who determines that? Is it by popular opinion or mass vote? Or is it just even, even, even love at its core? It's just a, a, a biological response to some stimuli. Like it changes everything if God doesn't exist. But if you answer yes, then a whole new set of questions have to be wrestled with. Because it's not just a, a simple yes or no. Because if, if it's no, then, then, then that's, that's the easy part. But if it's yes, then it's okay, well... Who is this God and how does he exist and what does he want from me and how do I understand who he is and, 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 and how do I get to know him and does he even matter? Does he love me or did he just create me for his own joy and pleasure and amusement? 
And then you've got to discover, all right, where do I find out how to know about this God and his character and his nature and what he desires and if he has a plan for me? And we believe, as we talked last week, the source where we discover all that is the Bible. That's why I started there last week. Because the bottom line about God will be drawn by the first line of Scripture. Because if, if, you, if you say, no, there is no God, then, but if you say yes, then you've got to wrestle with, okay, because there's a lot of supposed choices out there. Is it the God of this faith, this faith, this faith? And I know we live in a culture right now that's trying to say, like, oh, all of these faith points to the same God anyway. That's not true. That's not true. So let me just kind of give you the bottom line. The bottom line is there is one eternal God who created all things and exists as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's the bottom line. There is one eternal God, not one of many gods and, and multiple gods. And there's one, and, and you got to understand how foreign this would have been for the people that Paul was reaching because most of the people that were coming to Jesus in this time came from what was known as polytheism. It was, it was multiple gods. And this was a radical idea that, okay, no, there's not multiple gods. There's one God who is all-powerful, eternal, and created all things. And then he exists as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That this God that we believe in, this eternal God, exists in the Trinity. And now let me explain the Trinity to you. Okay. I can't explain it all. And that's where, like, you got to get, believers, you got to get comfortable with that. you got to get comfortable with there are things about our God that we cannot fully comprehend or explain or understand. And so many people walk away from God for that very fact. Like, I'm walking away from God because I can't explain him. But if you could explain him, he would not be worthy of your worship. Amen. And I'm not saying that we don't ha can't ask questions or don't have questions or, or can't go to God. Like, he, he can handle all that stuff. But if you're waiting to be able to understand everything that God is and even everything that God does, that will be a never-ending pursuit because, he, because he's God and you're not. And the moment that you are able to explain all that he is and all that he does, you are equal with him and he's no longer God. One eternal God who created all things and exists as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we believe that all that we know and understand and can fathom about this God is found in the pages of the Bible that we talked about last week. Because see, here's the thing, when you make that decision about God, the source you use to understand Him matters. You with me? Say amen. Because see, if you say no to God, there is no God, everything's science and biology, okay, then you're done. Like, you, like there's going to be consequences for that decision one day. But if you say yes to God, then you've got to discover how, how that you know Him. And we believe that the God unveiled on the page of Scripture is the God, the only God. And through His Word is how we begin to understand Him and, and understand what He wants for us and what 
he desires for us and to understand his character and nature. And, and as we talked about last week, that's why we, we spent that, that whole day talking about the Bible because it's in Scripture that we, we find it. Because if you, if you don't believe you can find him in Scripture, you're going to look for him in the wrong place. And if you start trying to shape your theology, your understanding of who God is, of this, even, even if you land on there's one God that exists as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, even if you try to begin to understand him and formulate opinions about him outside the backdrop of his word, you'll land in the wrong spot. Because you'll start shaping your theology by how you feel or your life experience or the culture and context in which you grew up, which is why so many of us got it wrong as we grew up. Because even... Even the church can paint a wrong picture of the biblical God. And so if, if you say yes and you believe there is one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who is one and eternal and creator, then the word of God is where you go to understand and figure out all there is to know about him. And, and that's where so many of us get wrong. Like we don't, we don't go to the, to the, to the right source. Like so many people claim a belief or connection to God and their opinion of Him and their understanding of Him has been shaped by really poor preaching or really difficult experience or so many other things that will just not accurately describe the God that we know. And the God that we know is described from Genesis to Revelation. And to understand that God, you have to see him through the lens of the entire thing. I hear people all the time, I like the God of the New Testament, don't like the God of the Old Testament. They're the same God. So you can't reject one and rebel against the other and think that that's okay. So what, what we understand about God can be seen from the very beginning. Go to Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. That God was before the beginning. That God has existed, will always exist. And the beginning was caused by God. See, everything that has a beginning has a cause. And the Beginning, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty and darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters and God said, stop right there. Right there, like you, you just, in the first three verses of Scripture, God just revealed his triune nature, his trinity nature. Do you see that? It says, in the beginning, God, the Father, and it says, the earth was formless and empty and darkness was over the surface and the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over it. And so now I'm like, where's Jesus? Verse 3, and God said. Remember how John described, see if that doesn't sound familiar, John 1, 1. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. That from the beginning God in this mysterious and humanly unexplainable nature of himself breathed life and created all things. 
And if you keep reading, it says, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw the light was good. And he separated the light from the darkness. And he called the light day. And the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. And now I know we can get caught up in days and how long was a day and how did all this happen and that kind of stuff. And, and, and although I, I do believe that it matters how God created it, but what matters most is that God created it. But... Again, I think God could create everything we see in a snap of a finger. He could have done it in seven seconds, seven days, or 700 years. He's God. But so much of even, even as I study evolution doesn't make sense because when you look at just the complexity of the human body, that for, for us to have evolved from, from nothing, the rapid, which the, all of our, rapid rate at which all of our systems would have to develop, develop simultaneously, because all their human body systems function with one, one another. So that means your nervous system, if your nervous system's evolution is lacking behind your digestive system's evolution, then you're going to die. Because it was intricately, intricately created by an intelligent designer with that reason and with that purpose and with that intention. And God creates and you walk through that story that God had revealed to Moses through oral tradition or whatever, the poetry with which that he writes about the reality as Moses writes how this whole thing began, pointing to one eternal creator God existing as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And as he creates, he constantly says again in verse 25, and God saw that it was good. And then something unique happens in verse 26. It says, then God said, let us make mankind in our image in our likeness that what he says about humanity is different than what he says about anything else he never says let's make light in our in our likeness let's make this creature or this animal or this thing like for the first time God says let us create something unique and special called mankind and this mankind that we will create will reflect our image see all of creation reveals his glory, but we are the only thing that reflects his image. Which means he uniquely and purposefully made us. This then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish and the sea and the birds and the sky, over the livestock and over the wild animals, and over all creatures that move along the ground. Verse 27, so God created mankind in his own image, the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. That from the onset of this thing, just in those first few chapters of the Bible that God gave us, he has revealed really important things that we have to wrestle with. Because, again, if God does not exist, then, then none of this matters. Like, 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 you get to decide what you do with your life. You get to decide how you're going to live. You get to decide what's right and wrong. You get to decide what's best for you and how you design your life. And, and, what and you know what? You, you get to write your own definitions of what matters and what doesn't matter, what's important and what's not important. But if you say, yes, there is a God, and you decide that you are going to fall, you're, let your life fall under the authority not of any God or many gods, but the God, the only God, then that means that it's all God decided. That all of creation is there because God decided it would be there. 
that even you are here because God decided you would have life. That means it doesn't matter the origin of your story. The origin of the story didn't start with the conception with your mother. It started in the heart and mind of your God. And that means if it's all God designed. That God with great, there's intention in the creation. And how he's, and man, when you, I don't know how you study science and it not draw you to God. Even from the, the, the complicated, fragile nature of the very body that you've been given. But if it's all God decided, and it's all God designed, then it's God defined. And if he's going to be God, then we have to align ourselves with all that. If he's not God, then, then none, of, none of this matters. But if, if, if he is God, if, if the only one true living God, then that means like how his design and his definition, our lives have to align with what he's defined and what he's designed and what he's decided. And if we make the decision to deviate from his decision, his design, and his definition, then we make ourselves God. And anytime we try to redefine what God has clearly defined, we are taking a role that he alone deserves. And I know we live in a culture like this, and we just think, well, we can, we can redefine things however we want to define them, and we can make our own decision, we can do this, or we... You can do that. But if you do that, then he's not God. The decision to deviate from his design and his definition means you get to decide. And if you get to decide, then you're God and he is not. And I know we live in a culture where it's making, really, it's making it really difficult to stay in alignment with God's designs and God's definitions on some really, really challenging issues. But if God is going to be God, then we have to make sure. And here's the thing. Like God, God revealed his decisions and God revealed his design and God revealed his definitions in his word. And so if you're going to align yourselves with the creator God, the one eternal God, creator of all things who exists as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, then you have to continue to go back to the source that reveals all of this about him, his word. And you have to start wrestling with, okay, are the places that I'm landing in alignment with God's design and definition? Because it's a challenging time, amen, amen. to figure that out. And there's sometimes that people are landing, you know what, if you say to me, like, there's some people that say, I know what the Bible says and I don't care. That's dangerous. But see, what's even more dangerous is I hear people saying, the Bible says things that I just don't believe it says. And it's our responsibility, people of faith, and it's not my job to give you every single bit of it. You know that, right? Amen. People come, come to me all the time. Matt, <laughs> is such and such a sin? What do you, or this is the thing, we have, we have people ask us, well, what do you believe about so-and-so? My opinion and my beliefs really don't matter. Here's the question. What does Scripture say? Amen. 
but we have to be careful that we really are trying to figure out what the Bible says and not trying to bend the Bible to what we're culturally comfortable with. Because see, sometimes we go to the Bible looking at it to justify what we already decided we're going to believe instead of looking to it to shape the belief from the beginning. And you can't do that by isolating certain passages. You have to look at it cumulatively. Again, uh, we go to this place where, oh, well, I like the God of the New Testament. I don't like the God of the Old Testament. Can I just remind you what it says in Colossians chapter 1? It says, the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been made through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, making peace through his blood shed on the cross. That we can't claim an affiliation with Jesus and try to disconnect him from the God he came to demonstrate. So you have to answer the question, does God exist? If the answer is no, that's where you wanna land? The answer is yes. Question is, how do I figure out who he is? And if we are, if you're going to agree, if you're going to, like, it's in the word of God that we discover that, then you have to start allowing him through the power of his spirit. See, that's the other thing, too, is I just read Genesis, that God's design. You know, that's the design that Jesus came to die to restore. And you can't, you can't reject the restoration and then claim allegiance to the restorer. So you bow your heads, close your eyes with me. Can we wrestle with some questions for a minute? If you say God is God, if you say the God of the Bible is your God, are you allowing the author to be the authority? Are you living for his glory and his glory alone? Are you wrestling with the word that points to him even on those issues that I know right now, I know. And here, let me just say this too. Like, like just because you don't understand yet, or just because you're confused, or just because you're like formulating some opinions, don't give up on God. Keep wrestling. Keep going to that. Like, God can handle that. There's some things that like, I have to go to God and God like, I don't know why you said this. Help me understand it. But ultimately, I know that you are God. And if you said it, I have to follow it. If God is God, then he's got to be God. He's got to be the authority. And it's really easy to claim an allegiance with Jesus and show up at church and do all these things but not align ourselves with the truth of who he is. And so can you just kind of wrestle with that for a little bit, God? If there's any area of my life, and it's easy to pick and choose and point to the, other, the areas that the other people aren't allowing God to be God. But what about yours? You can point to their big ones, but there's areas that you're not letting God be God either. And so before you start pointing at the areas that other people or culture are pointing at as to where they're not allowing God to be God, maybe you ought to deal with the ones of your own. God, is there any area of my life 
that is not under your authority. That's what I want, to, I want you to wrestle with. Father, I pray that you'd help us to wrestle with that question right in this moment. Because you alone are worthy. You alone are God. You are God and we are not. And because you are God, then you have decided, you have designed, and you have defined. And our job is to learn that and wrestle with that and be molded by those truths. Help us to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Church Podcast. To stay connected with what's happening at Vintage, download the Vintage Church app to access sermon notes, events, devotionals, previous podcasts, and discover ways to get connected in community. We hope you join us again soon.